Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. On this week's Highways Voices, we're talking procurement. We have a customer engagement directorate. So generally, they always keep an eye on the market in terms of requirements as such coming up where customers potentially have major projects or programs of work kicking off. So generally, they tend to engage with customers and say, look, we have frameworks which can potentially support you. We'll discuss how Crown Commercial Service can help the UK public sector save money when buying transport services and make it easier for suppliers to do business. A guide to making your life easier with CCS. Commissioning conversation sorted on this week's Highways Voices. Highways Voices, in association with partner organisations ITS UK, Elkrig, Adept, and the Transport Technology Forum. And how good does that sound to hear our new partners on Highways Voices this week? If you haven't spotted our news, we've teamed up with those industry bodies to boost the content and the guest pool on Highways Voices and to widen the audience of this podcast. So if it's the first time you've listened, welcome to Highways Voices from Highways News. We'll hear from our main guest, Randeep Singh of Crown Commercial Service in a moment or two. But first, my co-owner here at Highways News Adrian Tatum is here with his take on some of the biggest stories this week on the website. And some of the news from the highwaysnews.com website this week includes Worcestershire County Council pledging to make major additional investment to improve and maintain the county's highways as part of their annual budget setting. In the budget for 2022-23, which was approved last week at the council's full council meeting, County Council made the commitment to invest further in improved Worcestershire's roads. Highways will see an increase in investment with an additional six million per year for the next three years on top of the money already committed, totaling 36 million to improve and maintain the county's network. This will enable improvements to continue from the last year and will produce another 145 miles of newly resurfaced roads. Elsewhere, a new free online tool to help transport plans design active travel into towns and cities to bring developed by researchers at the University of Cambridge. The Cambridge team has created the Integrated Transport and Health Impact Modelling Tool and other models to assess the health effects and trade-offs of different transport scenarios and policies. Typically, they look at physical activity, injury risk, air pollution exposure and sometimes noise pollution. The model was first developed by used by researchers and policymakers in this country and has now been taken up and used in different countries across the world. The Cambridge team worked closely with the California Department of Public Health, for example, to help develop its own version of the model. The model has become the first tool of its kind to be used in the low and middle income countries. Working with the World Health Organization Urban Health Initiative, the Cambridge team adapted the model for use in countries including Malaysia, India and Brazil, and is now shaping debate around transport and health in these countries. Closer to home, the researchers found that infrastructure that encourages active travel can increase the overall amount of physical activity that people do by around 45 minutes per week. And plans to create a sustainable and reliable transport system in Oxford have been announced. The proposals with the introduction of a city-wide workplace parking levy, traffic filters and wider zero emission zone together with improved public transport and cycling routes. Over the coming months, Oxfordshire County Council and Oxfordshire City Council say they will engage with businesses, service providers, hospitals, transport providers, school and town and parish councils to gather suggestions and feedback on the proposed schemes. Consultation on these proposals will take place in the late summer of this year, with the schemes to be implemented between 2023 and 2024. The plans will support people to walk, cycle and make faster journeys by public transport. 
By changing the way people travel in and around Oxford, the scheme will also help air pollution, create healthy communities and reduce traffic levels across the city. On top of those Adrian's picked out, I'd like to tell you about stories bringing you the latest in the long-running saga over Transport for London's funding. A new driverless project called Serve City, featuring support from the Connected Places Catapult and the Smart Mobility Living Lab, and how over the pond, researchers in the States are working out how to make cars automatically pull over and stop if they spot a driver is incapacitated. You can read all of those, plus so so many more stories on our website highways-news.com and remember to follow us on twitter and linkedin details are all in the blurb where you can also sign up for our daily email into your inbox every lunchtime highways voices with paul hutton and adrian tatum Swarco improves quality of life by making the travel experience safer quicker more convenient and environmentally sound from software as a service traffic management solutions to parking, VMS, EV charging and road marking too, find out how Swarco can deliver more efficient and safer traffic management. Swarco, the better way every day. The Crown Commercial Service helps thousands of public and third sector buyers in the UK with billions of pounds of spending each year, with a wide range of commercial agreements to help authorities buy what they need when they need, saving time and money. And of course, for suppliers, being tied in with CCS helps them too. But how does it all work and what does the new TTAS framework actually mean? I chatted to Randeep Singh, commercial lead at CCS, to understand it all in detail. We provide commercial frameworks for the wider public sector and the central government customers. So wider public sector, so local councils or arms like bodies can use our frameworks to procure products and services, which range. So I work in the technology pillar. So within the technology pillar, there's many different frameworks. So you can procure things like cloud services to IT managed service contracts. And in particular, obviously, um, we're going to be talking about transport technology. So we have a transport technology framework called Transport Technology and Associated Services, very conveniently, which basically allows wider public sector and certain government customers to procure transport technology and products covering the suite of cameras, lighting, parking systems, barriers, signs. Those are kind of the core products, but you can also procure services um, to support some of the bigger government agenda for example clean air zone services in terms of professional services and consultancy in terms of how you could potentially implement something like that so you're kind of a dating agency between the suppliers and the customers yeah i'm very passionate for that matter because um, we obviously go through the um OU framework development process, which takes uh, up to two years, potentially sometimes longer for more complex frameworks. And uh, during that process, we select kind of the, uh, it's a, it's an open procedure. So um, quite complicated. We go out to the open market, try and select the best suppliers. And in that process, we make sure we have quality suppliers, which uh, have the greatest and latest technology to offer to our customers. And then we kind of future-proof that going forward from our customers and then yeah we then provide the framework provides the commercial terms and conditions on which the customers can do business and all they basically have to do is form up the specifications use the framework terms and conditions and release order forms as such to uh, contract for products and services okay so give me an example of the journey from 
initial market engagement. This is what we want to achieve. So an authority, say, wants to achieve something and works with you. Tell me how it goes from that initial conversation through to the award. We have a customer engagement directorate. So generally, they always keep an eye on the market in terms of requirements as it's coming up where customers potentially have major projects or programs of work kicking off. So generally, they tend to engage with customers and say, look, we have frameworks which can potentially support you. And from that point onwards, they first sort of to brainstorm the idea in terms of what the requirement is. Is it feasible for a framework to sort of take this on? Is it the right sort of product or service set that a framework can support? And from that point onward, then once we have the confirmation and confidence, yeah, this is definitely something that CCS can help the customer with. We and myself, we work in category teams. Um, we get involved, tunnel then sort of further a next level of sort of deeper dive into the customer's requirement and and try and give them the confidence and the market capability in terms of these are the suppliers we have on our framework who have the capability that you're looking for. This is the journey you'd go on. So for really big projects, it's always best to obviously do expression of interest or a request for information just to understand whether what the customer is looking for, the record and the market can entirely meet that or if there is a sometimes the customer requirements can be out of date because they don't know the latest innovations or technologies in the market and um, so that rfi exercise is really useful for those types of gain that understanding and then from that point onwards once the customer has that information they can absorb it and they can go into release a itt and invitation to tender and um, to contract for that fully specced up-to-date requirement which is generally informed by the early market engagement. So I've seen a lot of stories that we've run on Highways News about different organisations getting onto your transport technology and associated services framework. So explain to me how they got on there, what they now do, and actually what it means for suppliers who aren't on that framework. Are they kind of then frozen out? In terms of transport technology and associated frameworks, we call it TTAS as a short form. So TTAS, the journey started late 2019, 2020, when we originally started our sort of business cases and the mandate with the cabinet office, because our previous framework, which was Transport Management Technology 2, was going to expire in um, late 2019. But obviously, late 2020, because of COVID, we had to extend that for a year. The mandate and the business case process started late 2019-2020. From that point onwards, we then engaged the market during the business case um, process to understand what the market can offer, what the key supply capabilities are, what are the best suppliers um, in the market to then obviously engage with. During that process, we're also engaging with the customers and to understand what would they want from a framework focusing on transport technology. Uh, would it just be product focused or would it be services as well? So we had a, a bit of a looking in the front side of, uh, with our customers, but then also engaging the suppliers and making sure we're taking that customer requirements and making sure the, the right suppliers, uh, we, we do go out to the right suppliers in the market. And then 2021, we released the uh, OJU 
as a part of the procurement process, which was live for just over two and a bit months. During that process, obviously, um, many suppliers bidded. Altogether, we had 96 bids from suppliers, out of which 77 were selected. All the suppliers which were not selected were obviously for various reasons, some on pricing reasons, some because of sort of the terms and conditions didn't align with what we think was best value for the customers, and some um, just because we felt they weren't the best quality suppliers to be on the framework to support the customer requirements. So 77 suppliers got onto the framework in six different lots. The lots cover things from sort of professional services to transport, pedestrian control, signs and lighting, data services, sustainable technology, which is a, a new lot that we've got to support some of the great government initiatives in terms of carbon net zero and electronic vehicle charging, electric vehicle charging. And then um, we also have a catalogue um, through which you can actually sort of buy products and services directly from suppliers because they have service offers listed in our e-marketplace, the government e-marketplace. And so what does it mean for organisations that didn't actually make the cut or organisations that potentially missed out by not applying in the first place? Is there still a way that they can work with CCS or do they have to wait for the duration of TTAS before actually then starting to engage with you? Unfortunately, what happens is they can't work as a, we, we term, use the term prime, so they can't work directly with customers as a prime, but those suppliers can still work as subcontractors to the suppliers that are on the framework. And that generally tends to happen. So for example, we had a few suppliers on TMG2, unfortunately they didn't make it onto TTAS for various reasons, but they, they do obviously want to keep supporting customers. They do have some technologies that customers need. Those suppliers tend to do is they work as subcontractor to some of the primes um, where they have gaps. They tie up with the primes to sort of provide a complete service offer or a product set um, and then engage the customers to that manner. You're listening to Highways Voices from Highways News. Our guest today is Randeep Singh, commercial lead at Crown Commercial Service. We'll hear more from him in a moment. But first, here's Lucy with a new feature, our partner news roundup. Highways Voices, with the latest news and events from our partner organisations Elkrig, ADEPT, the Transport Technology Forum and ITS UK. The Local Council Roads Innovation Group has announced details of the first webinar in a series entitled Practical Steps on the Journey to Net Zero, with the launch event taking place on the 22nd of March at 11am. Elkrig will be working with primary partners Colas and Breeden to deliver this exclusive series. Following the launch webinar, which will set out to help the audience understand the challenges in this space, a series of further webinars will be delivered throughout 2022, covering carbon reduction in fleet, materials, asset management and street lighting. In other news, Chief Executive Martin Duffy has outlined proposals for the Elkrig Training Academy and how it will help councils to overcome the challenges faced in relation to managing and organising training and refresher courses for staff members. Elkrig is encouraging its members to fill out a short survey which is on its website. We'll post a link in the blurb to this podcast. The TTF's Traffic Signals Challenge funding recipients have detailed their maintenance and upgrade plans. The challenge funding that will enable the repair and upgrading of hundreds of signalised junctions across England has taken a step forward with detailed plans for work submitted to the Transport Technology Forum. 39 transport authorities are receiving between a quarter and half a million pounds of extra maintenance grant from the Department for Transport to improve traffic signals to tackle road user safety, air pollution and congestion. This process is being managed for DFT through the TTF. Since being told of their award last August, the authorities have been drawing up and submitting detailed plans about how they will use the money. 
These include full site refurbishments of signals, upgrading detectors or recalibrating urban traffic management and control systems. ITS UK members are being reminded of the value of the range of forums offered for people to learn the latest developments in ITS, to discuss ideas and to share knowledge with industry colleagues. The Society currently has 15 forums covering active travel, connected vehicles, early careers, enforcement, freight, inclusive mobility, ITS data, maritime, mobility as a service, public transport, road user charging, smart environment, urban authorities, user behaviour and women in ITS. ITS UK Technical Director Colin Wilson, who is UK Design and Consulting Lead at IBI Group, has written a short blog post highlighting the forum's role, explaining how the forums cover the broad spectrum of what we know as ITS today. They provide platforms for members to share knowledge, to exchange ideas and to meet fellow members with similar interests. And the latest Adept Live Labs blog is well worth a read. It's written by Central Bedfordshire's Jack Bowers, who takes us away from the storms to think about the power of the sun. He's updated on the solar reed installation at Central Bedfordshire Council, which, in partnership with Colas and Watway Technology, saw 126 solar panels installed onto the car park at the council's Thorn Turn Highways depot. The technology is the world's first photovoltaic road surfacing solution and generates electricity from clean and renewable solar energy while providing a safe surface for all vehicular traffic. Since the launch of the solar road technology, about 50 pilot projects around the world have demonstrated Watway's robustness, but this is the first of its kind in the UK. Kohler suggests that around 20 metres squared of Watway can produce enough electricity to supply a single household, and it's estimated that the trial will generate up to 16,000 kilowatts of electricity per year. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Highwaysnews.com. So that's our new partner news roundup here on Highways Voices. Details and links are in the blurb. Back to our main Highways Voice this week, my chat with Randeep Singh of Crown Commercial Service. So it sounds to me like almost like a kind of yellow pages for transport technology that a local authority would pick it up say they needed i don't know let's think of anything led street lighting and then open up ttas go through the list of suppliers and then find ones to engage with am i oversimplifying it uh, no very much so so for that type of a requirement like you say it, it's generally uh, lighting obviously there's led lighting but even it's not innovative anyway in the current sense so yeah for that type those are top requirements we have a catalog where our suppliers have uploaded service offers so currently we have over 600 service offers on our catalog from various suppliers um, which covers the whole suite of products in terms of cameras to lighting to vehicle chargers as well so uh, for those simple requirements customers from wider public sector and some to government customers can log on to the catalog review the surface offer do what they call a, a a level of uh, assessment in terms of what which requirement best suits their sorry service of a best suits the requirement and after that either do a direct award or uh, conduct the rfi or a small competition based on if there's very service offers which are very closely tied together and there's you can't really make out a big difference in those circumstances we say yeah maybe uh, have further engagement with suppliers and um, before selecting one supplier. You mentioned about charges. Of course, this is a, a key thing because suddenly local authorities are going to have to really get involved in something that 
they've got no particular experience of in the past, which is implementing uh, electric vehicle charging infrastructure on their streets, um, especially in areas where there's no off-street parking. How could you help them on that? Most definitely. So very right to bring that up. So yeah, um, as a part of our market engagement before we rolled up TITAS and the continuous uh, sort of market engagement that we keep doing, uh, we understand the um, electric vehicle charging market is going to go by approximately 50% year on year until 2025. So it is a very much of a growth area. And we had that in mind, which is why within TITAS, we designed the sustainable uh, technologies a lot. And that lot is basically designed to cater for many of the government initiatives. We have EV, electric vehicle charging being one of them. So we have two very strong charging suppliers on our framework. There's many more who can support as well in terms of helping maybe regional development. Customers can engage with us, allow us to understand what the requirement is. So we can probably potentially pass on sort of the best uh, supplier information that we have in terms of these are the best technologies in the market that you should try and engage with with the electric vehicle charging at the moment it is a case of everyone's on a, a bit of a learning curve but what we've tried to do in TTAS is trying to prove future proof our uh, agreement in terms of looking what is currently being offered but also have innovation built in for the next couple of years and because this market is going to keep developing if wider public sector customers get in touch, we can assess the requirement in terms of what the complete requirement is. Is it just a one-off charger? Is it switched to chargers or over a location spread across a particular region? And based on the different requirements that we can work with our suppliers to get the best uh, offer for them. Obviously, you've got your suppliers and they are engaged and they've been really proud to say that they've made it onto however many of the lots of TTAS. How much engagement do you have with local authorities? Are there some that you're just still trying to explain to them the value of working with you? Is there a, a sort of difference between different local authorities in how much engagement you have? Most definitely, yeah. Uh, and there is, is a, and sometimes the general challenge that you have uh, while working within sort of the cabinet office at the sort of a, a, a big framework level. So I think it's quite obvious that this requirement has grown quite strongly over the last couple of years and why the public sector has been slightly maybe been, I wouldn't say caught off guard, but maybe sort of unprepared that this was going to be such a big focus area over the next uh, sort of four to five years. So there are some regions who are better prepared to deal with this and we are engaging with them on a regular basis. Um, we have foresight in terms of what the plans are for the next couple of years and they've started that engagement with us. So we're working with them to provide them uh, market information so they can develop their plans further before they go to market and then go on the journey of having electric vehicle um, stations and chargers installed throughout the region. Whereas there are some customers who unfortunately, maybe because of a lack of planning or a lack of funds, just haven't been able to sort of progress this in the uh, right way uh, to this point. But we would welcome them to come and talk to us. I mean, being sat in the cabinet office, we can we have a visibility of all the government grants of funds that are available. If it's a lack of funding, that's maybe hindering the progress. And if it's a lack of knowledge about the technologies or about the procurement process, then again, we can help there in terms of uh, enabling them to understand how they can um, specify the best requirement and what procurement journey is probably best for them. 
to get the right value for themselves and the people in the region. That's absolutely brilliant. The fact that not only can you advise on what technology you need, but you can also advise on how to get the funds to to pay for it. So I guess summing up, the, the, the simple answer here is that if I worked in a local authority, if I were sitting at my desk thinking, I've now been sent this instruction, I've got to deliver X, I don't need to know how to deliver X because that's the expertise that you can help with. You Basically, I can come to you saying, look, this is the issue I've got to deal with. How do I deal with it? And you'll fix it from there, yeah? Uh, most definitely, so yeah. So uh, we, we can, uh, with the internal expertise we have within the category, with our customer support directorate, and the knowledge we have in terms of the funding areas available, the wider public sector as well as central government customers, yeah, we can brainstorm the best ideas. And then they'll obviously uh, go away, discuss that internally within their approval boards, and then come back with the uh, option they've selected. And we can then even take them through the procurement journey um, to deliver the so best value. Obviously, uh, transport is going through a bit of a revolution. For the last 200 years, we've been focused on two, three key technologies, i.e. cars and railways and aviation, obviously, over the last 40, 50 years. But we are a bit of a revolution in terms of how we look forward and how transport develops and forums like this so help engage the right stakeholders and reopen bash our heads together to come up with the best outcomes. Randeep Singh, our guest on this week's Highways Voices, and you can find out more about CCS at crowncommercial.gov.uk. This is Highways Voices, I'm Paul Hudson, and before we go, we've still got time for... Adrian's Accolade. Adrian Tatum, who wins this week? Um, My accolade this week goes to ITS UK, the Transport Technology Forum, Elkrig and Adept, for partnering with us for this very Highways Voices podcast you're listening to now. The partnership agreement will see will see us bring news and features about the four organisations as part of the programme, and the four organisations will assist us in offering guests and sharing details in, in other podcasts with their members and contacts. And ultimately, that means better content for you. And that's why they're worthy winners of my accolade this week. Well, it had to be, really, didn't it? I know it's a little self-indulgent, but it is our first week with our new partners, so we have to give them Adrian's accolade this week. I think I fully agree with you, Adrian. And that's it from this Highways Voices. If it's the first time you've listened, thank you for joining us. We upload a new episode every Wednesday at half past nine, so we'll chat again next week. Do join us. Highways Voices. Join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry. 